Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the- And welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of The Bond Chronicles I am Mr. Bond Chronicles here with my lovely host Mrs. Bond Chronicles And we are The Bond Chronicles And this is our lovely episode 54 where we have a number of, I think, dope things in store, but uh, maybe even some controversial things that we do want to get into. Um, So we're definitely going to do that. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, If you would like to support this amazing podcast, there's information at the bottom. Uh, Another way that you can support is by liking, sharing, and subscribing, and commenting. We've had some comments coming through here recently, so we definitely appreciate the feedback. And we are trying to get to 100 subscribers. So please go to YouTube if you haven't already and subscribe. We're at 95. We're at 95. So wow. the numbers are going up because at the beginning of the month, yeah, I think at the beginning of the month, we were like 88. Mm. So we're fast approaching. Yeah. Hopefully before our special announcement next month and our special episode, we can get to 100. Yeah. Um, but we're also on now TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. So we are everywhere uh definitely continue to tune in to us at those places as well for short clips and daily inspiration if you so choose um (laughs) but yeah how are you feeling today um i'm feeling pretty good um uh, church service was really good on sunday um yeah things are great Lovely. Life is life is pretty cool as of today. It is. And for those of you who watched sports this weekend, Kyrie Irving was allowed to play in New York finally after what seems like way too long and uh, just ridiculous situation and circumstances. He was able to play. I know we're not a sports pod, but obviously that's big news with everything that's going on in the world. And I wanted to take some time to kind of dissect what really happened and why Kyrie Irving that is currently is playing. That is not in the notes. It is in the notes. To start off, the notes. Do you have different notes for me? <laughs> I do. Your <laughs> notes look exactly the same. <laughs> so it is in the notes. It is in the notes. <laughs> Where? If you would have let me finish introing the topic, I think you would have saw... How it correlates to the notes that <laughs> I've written. Okay, you got it. Uh, so, as I was saying before my lovely co-host interrupted me, um, this was not a sports decision. This was not a basketball decision. This was a government decision. This was a I supported your campaign decision, so my team is about to start playing, and you're not going to keep my players from not playing. And so to break it down for you in simpler terms the owner of the new york mets uh gave close to two million dollars to eric adams campaign and april 7th baseball starts so although they were perfectly fine alienating and getting kyrie irving suspended and lose costing him up upwards of 17 million dollars they didn't care and eric adams up until about a week and a half ago was resolute the only way kyrie plays is if he gets vaccinated and they are not making exceptions for athletes and entertainers because what kind of message would that send? Well, fast forward a week or so later, 
and New York has passed an exception to the rule. Athletes and entertainers can play in the state of New York. And I personally think it's appalling. I think it's disgusting. And although I'm happy with the end result, the way we got here, I think, is something that should be researched. It's poppycock. Uh, to say the least, it is bigger than money because Kyrie Irving clearly has money. Yeah, it, but he wasn't going to give them money so he could play. You don't think Kyrie Irving would have given Eric Adams a million and a half if it would have saved them seventeen million? Standing on principle, like it seems that he—I mean, he has no, absolutely not. Those are two completely different principles. He supported Eric Adams' campaign. Yeah, but I'm not going to support. I mean, to me, he seems like the person like. Yeah, sure, I'll support you. But if you're doing something that I don't agree with or you're operating in a way I don't like, I'm not going to support you on that level or on that specific issue. The same way he had a bunch of people coming out against him about not getting the vaccine. He didn't go on some campaign blasting those people. He's His whole stance has been everybody has a right to their opinion, a right to govern their own bodies. So that's what I'm doing. If it costs me money, so be it. Okay. I'll go with you there. Don't completely agree, but that's fine. Let's say Kyrie is of that high moral character. Brooklyn Nets, you failed. Because you could have made the same (laughs) million and a half contribution and applied, I guess, not the same pressure, which is why the topic is, is it about class or race? Um, And I believe the race part of it is, all of these people from Kyrie and definitely the people above Kyrie have the money and resources right. to impact change. We've seen it through the history of this country. However, the black mayor, mind you, was unwilling to back off his stance until white people got involved. And as long as Steve Nash was just going along with the flow, the Brooklyn Nets didn't get anything done. But when the Yankees, who have a network that pays them directly, and their best player, Aaron Judge, is unvaccinated, and he can't play all year at home, and baseball's already having a tough time selling tickets, on top of not being popular, but coming off of a lockout, it's boring sport. It's America's pastime for a reason. Well, apparently it's not, since they're already having issues selling tickets. And apparently it is, now. because they got the mayor to change his mind. So as popular as basketball is, Basketball couldn't get that man to budge at all. Not only did he not budge, he was condescending and arrogant. But when baseball got involved, magically, the announcement made at the Met Stadium of all places was, we're going to change the rules. Now, as far as his re-election campaign, I think that's super dead. Because all the police unions, and we know what police unions represent in this country, are pissed. pissed. Teachers unions, not as strong, but also pissed. Because they... Do not get the same luxury that the rich entrepreneur a- athletes and entertainers get, which is the worst narrative you can probably have. And those they're definitely not gonna be supporting his re-election campaign, which I think is no, he just got elected. No, he just year. got re-elected, yeah. I think it mayors might got two years, something like that, I believe. I think it depends on the municipality. But the other thing that I am that I'm be curious to see is Chris Cuomo recently sued CNN, or I can't remember him or his brother. Um Basically saying that they were railroaded and they were done wrong. Based on what I just saw happen, there's tons of corruption that needs to be looked into. So if I'm them, maybe I start shedding a spotlight on this new mayor. And how in the world you manage to change your mind so quickly 
And for what reason? Because you were arrogant as I don't know what about not release or lifting this ban until you got a cause. And it might have been from someone above him. I'm not excluding that. I don't know that they called him. They might have called his boss's boss. But somebody got a call and he changed his mind. Like the governor? I, I don't know. All I know is magically right before baseball season started, his tone completely gone. changed. Yeah. And it changed so much so that not only did he re remove it, but he only targeted a certain group of people that could even benefit from it, mm -hmm. which is anti everything he's been saying the whole time he's been running, which is why a bunch of people wanted him in office. Yeah, yeah. So good luck to you, sir. But I think you got a long future ahead of you. And in just a matter of months, you have alienated a bunch of people. So good luck to you in all of that. Um, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts? And hopefully that aligned enough with the notes for you. No, nothing? yeah, you're good. Like, no, because I looked at the notes and you're talking about Kyrie Irving. I'm trying to figure out what yeah. is the connection here. I mean, you know, y'all yeah. don't know how we operate. Y'all can't see the screen or whatever. Yeah, but I'm screen man and all that. You're screen man and all that. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're good. Great. So <laughs> on to more government. Um, and is it about class or race? Um, we have been huge advocates for HBCUs. Uh, and I want to first say I was not always an advocate for HBCUs. I grew up believing that HBCUs were cut rate, second tier, not going to help me get where I wanted to go. So I started my career at the most diverse university in the country, but it was still technically a PWI. Well, it is a PWI, uh, Temple University at the time is most diverse. I have no idea what the numbers are. That was a long time ago. Still paying on student loans though. Way to go, Joe. Um, anyway, so in since then, I've one, I've been educated. Two, I have, like, I actually went to Virginia State. I saw what it looked like at the time that I was going to college. Did not appeal to me at all. But since then, there's been a ton of funding. There's been a ton of momentum. I've worn, in, you know, a bunch of different support black colleges. So black colleges have come a long way. The problem for me is when you begin to take other people's money, you give up ownership of whatever it is that you own. When you take government funding, whether it's through Obamacare, and we saw how people that took government funding or how Obama was willing to pull government funding, we saw that with Trump's administration, with pulling funding from things like Planned Parenthood and others. When you take assistance from someone, you become subject to them in some form or fashion. And so we've seen a, a number of organizations and administrations fund HBCUs. Great. Love it. Necessary. But now that there's a war going on, we've seen, and I don't know if it's widespread HBCUs or is it one or two in particular, but now they are saying that they are going to give free room and board to Ukrainian immigrants and African students. African students, no problem. My problem is at an HBCU, which is a historically black college and university, I don't know why the onus is on them to house non-black immigrants. And my thought process is, we talked about government, 
someone in government reached out and said, hey, I think it'd be a great idea if you guys took in these immigrants. We have a ton of PWIs in this country. There's Harvard, there's Yale, there's Cornell. There's a ton of them. There's even your drinking party colleges. I have not seen the same announcement from those universities. Have you looked for it, though? I have not looked deeply, no. Okay. And if there has been publication of this, please put it in the comments, let me know, and I'll be all for it. But for some reason, and I would think if they did it, there would be a similar announcement, this was put out. And backlash was received, and I don't have my phone in front of me, but someone shared with me a letter that went out explaining, and I forget which college it was, I apologize, their perspective. So my question for you is, under that guise, and even if PWIs are welcoming these immigrants, why do you feel it was necessary for HBCUs to also welcome Ukrainian immigrants? Um. Well, it's for clarity, they're welcoming Ukrainian immigrant students, free room and board, and African students, free room and board, mm -hmm. so that they can continue their education. One, I have always been a proponent of HBCUs. I always thought, oh, when, back when we were looking at colleges forever ago, my plan was to go to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm pretty sure you're referring to Hampton or it's, it's a school here in Virginia. Um, because I saw the same letter that I think they sent out to alumni basically stating we are offering, you know, free room and tuition to students displaced because of the war. Correct. Um, and we do know, we've noted that people feel a way about it, but please also remember we um, welcome students from Haiti um, in, in that letter they referenced it. But over and over again, I've seen HBCUs step up in times of disaster when um, things happened, what was it? When Katrina happened in New Orleans, a bunch of those students were able to transfer to different schools, not just HBCUs, but schools across the country. Um, I, personally don't have an issue with them doing something like that because one, I think prior to maybe the last 10 years, a lot of people shared the same mindset as you is that HBCUs were less than, and you couldn't get the same quality education from an HBCU that you could from any other school in the country. Just to clarify, it is Hampton. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, they they step up. They stepped up. They chose to step up to the plate and offer that, and they're being recognized on a national level for that availability. And regardless of the backlash, they're still doing it because it's the right thing to do. I don't think it should be in this particular case. Why is the onus on an HBCU? I think it's a great thing for the HBCU to do, one, because it shines a positive light on universities that are typically overlooked and ignored. 
we talk all the time about how black ath- college, you know, student athletes choose to go to these programs for these predominantly white schools instead of playing for um, HBCUs. Those schools don't get as much coverage as far as the sports go. They don't get the same funding. The the what are like coaches and all these other things they choose to go to other schools because it's better than going to an HBCU on whatever level. I think HBCU stepping up and doing these sorts of things and taking the initiative to take lead in these sorts of things will put them one in the forefront of people's mind. Like these schools are just as good. And in some cases better than the predominantly white colleges that everyone thinks of. So you're entitled to that opinion. hundred percent. Of course I am. My issue with your point is the reason people kept giving these grants and funding to HBCUs is because they're underfunded. The reason I and many people felt HBCUs were less than is, again, I went to view Virginia State and Virginia Union was the other one. I saw what they looked like. Didn't look like Temple University by any stretch. So my I guess I'll call it, I'll say it's an issue is you're already an underfunded institution. And maybe Hampton doesn't necessarily qualify for that. Maybe. But Howard just had an issue where there was mold everywhere and kids was tripping. Student housing. Student housing was awful. And Howard's Howard. So if you have that issue there, how then are you turning around? And when you wouldn't take care of your own students until they boycotted, are you now welcoming in others for free tuition, free room and board. That to me makes no sense. That to me is where I issue, and I've shared it on this pod a couple of times where that's not our fight. We have bigger fights within ourselves. Give your own students free tuition, free room and board. If you got the extra money, the same thing we talk about with this country, we say gas prices out the wazoo, but we're sending money to other countries to fund their wars. That doesn't make any sense. Take care of home first. When you have all of these other PWIs with extensive boards and we see the, the, the colleges and the stadiums that they're building for the athletic departments, those are the colleges that I think should be giving away room, room and board and free tuition to these students. Not the ones where even after everything that Deion Sanders did, Jackson State still had multiple NFL teams not even come to their combine or to their pro day. And he called them out for it. The disenfranchised aren't the ones that should be carrying the load of the disenfranchised. So not to interrupt the point that you're trying to make, but there are predominantly white schools offering the same Harvard being one of them, university of Chicago, university of Pennsylvania, Yale University. Mm-hmm. What are they offering? Exactly. Financial aid. Some are offering free room and board, full tuition scholarships for undergraduate students. And who's it off- available to? Ukrainian students. The African ones too? It doesn't specify. It just says Ukrainian students displaced by the war. It's a whole list of... Because Ukrainian students aren't African students studying in Ukraine. I don't believe. They're, I mean... I, again, I don't know the specifications, but it seems as though it's 
students displaced by the war in Africa, I mean, in, in Ukraine. That's vague, but okay. Assuming it is the black kids as well. But again, that, I just listed several of your predominantly white schools. Do you know how many predominantly white schools are in this I'm country? I'm just saying. I'm, like, that's my said point. You haven't heard about any. I hadn't. And so you've so you let me know. Right. You've let so, me know about some. Right. And so Hampton University being a list among all these other schools that you would think are the top tier schools in the country. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great list for them to be among. Okay. We disagree. We disagree. And it's fine. I'm just saying, you know, this was your 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 point that right, none of these other schools were doing it but and, the, and if you i saw an, on the list you have i see can you keep going down yeah so we see germany i see a bunch of other countries yeah but it's all it, around the world people are offering so again it's just a humanitarian thing right it's so a, if it's are, a humanitarian thing i don't think the school that struggles already needs to be taking those same resources and giving it to other people. That, that mentality, one, is why a lot of Black people don't get ahead to begin with. I'm struggling, and I could help you. I can help I, other Black people, yes. If they were helping the African students, I wouldn't have an issue. They are. They're helping the students, period. That's my issue. So they should only help the black students. So in the Ukraine, there were but, in the Ukraine, were there not a ton of reports saying the black people were being left behind? I, I'm, that pissed me off. Okay, so but don't tell problem, me that you can't then specialize what group you want to help well, because one, they Hampton and a lot of other HBCUs do accept white students. They do, and I don't agree and with that. I don't like it. Okay. I don't like some white kid taking a spot from a potential black kid and his ability to get that experience, especially when you might not have the education or the resources to get to a PWI. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I've been clear on that, maybe not on this podcast, but I've had discussions with other people about that before. So that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. And even in that, that white, and, and I think it goes a step further if that white person gets a scholarship. So my, I think the thing that irritates me about this kind of conversation and this topic of conversation is that the people that are complaining, the people who have issues with how an HBCU is handling their funds when they don't already have enough to handle, you know, what their regular business is, how much money are you donating to HBCUs? How much time and effort are you taking to help an HBCU? What resources of yours are you using to help an HBCU? What resources of you, yours are you using to help an, a student going to an HBCU? There are so many funds and so many campaigns and so many organizations. And if they're going to turn around and give it to a white person, I'm less likely to give to that fund. But if you aren't giving already, it doesn't matter. It does if I'm if I'm an up and coming person, and I have in a bunch of instances supported whether it be black businesses, whether it be organizations that give to black colleges. No, I don't give directly to a campaign, but I don't give to my own school. And they send me alumni stuff all the time. Well, you weren't super happy about graduating from your school, so. I still, just a dope school. Yeah. So, I don't understand. What do you mean? I wasn't I, super happy. You don't, like. Would I have preferred to graduate from Temple? Yes. 
But George Mason is still George Mason. I mean, but you don't ever like geek out about Mason. We don't watch Mason games. We don't go to Mason anything like unless somebody specifically asks you about college, you always start off. Well, I went to Temple first. That was but, my first choice. But then I graduated from Mason. Like your whole connotation about Mason changes in comparison to Temple. Because my it was my only, second. It wasn't. It was my second choice. My only, like I said, my biggest gripe with that attitude or that mindset is you're so upset about HBCUs not having funds and not doing this and not doing that. What are you doing to help HBCUs? If you're not even doing anything to contribute to the pockets or contribute to anything that HBCU has going on, your opinion to me personally is null and void. So what you're saying is if you don't contribute to a cause, you can't speak on it. No, you can speak on it, but my viewpoint of your opinion it, it so if someone, so if I was to say human trafficking is wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't contribute to human trafficking, I should just shut up. I didn't say you have That's to what shut you're up. saying. Because you're saying because you haven't done anything to help HBCUs, you shouldn't speak on how they spend their money. I don't think you should. No. Personally. No. So that's my point. So child hunger, all these issues in this world that we live in, mm -hmm. because you don't speak on every single one of them, not only speak on, because you can't financially give to all of these organizations you should just shut up it's not even just financially that's give. you if talked your, about financially no i just said your resources your resources is your time your resources is something that you can contribute to these organizations that help hbcus or organizations that help human and i have done what i can do so then you can speak on it if you want to so I why did you even reference people that fall in a category that doesn't isn't relevant to this conversation because a lot of the people who are speaking about it have not who are those people the most people i've heard are people that do contribute to those or went to those which is why they put out the letter mm -hmm. so what are you talking about like i said like i look at the stuff that and I see even online. in the case that you those people haven't given their money or their time for whatever reason that doesn't mean they can't speak on it and I, their opinion is invalid i literally just said that I don't have an issue with people speaking on a particular topic. I said, if I hear it and I know what your background is in these particular topics, I'm going to look at it a certain way, period. I didn't say that you're, you know, you can't have your opinion. Everybody is entitled to their opinion on any given subject. But, but it's just not as relevant. I didn't say it's not as relevant. You I don't said care about me, it. I don't care as much about it, no. Period. Because they didn't give their money. Because yeah. the, it's not just about money, Ray. It's not just about money. People who feel passionately about certain things, about any particular subject, a lot of times they will dedicate something to it. We go to church. You love God. Mm -hmm. We've had this conversation a bunch of times. We tithe. Mm -hmm. You way better at you're way better at it than me. But we both have the conversation sometimes writing that check or sending that money virtually, like it hurt. It's not always the best thing. It's not always fun. But you do it because you do it because you love God and you have a dedication, a passion, and all of that for it. People who have a passion for certain things, they do things to help. They do things to increase uh, um, awareness. They do all sorts of things to let it be known that they have a passion for certain things. That's all I'm saying. 
if I've never seen you do anything for an HBCU, I've never heard you talk about an HBCU, I've never heard you, you know, anything about Which, HBCU. What are those, those people you're talking, I don't know those people that are saying what they're doing in Ukraine is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're talking about black people. Because I can't imagine white people are upset at HBCUs housing Ukrainian students. I mean, I've seen all kinds of people comment on it. And that's all I'm saying is that I don't feel like some of those opinions are valid. Because you know those people. No, I'm just saying. So how do you know if they've even given or done anything that you're saying they didn't do? So again, from what I've seen, mm -hmm. from people that I know, that's what I from just people asking. that I don't know. And then that is me making an assumption, you know, in the context of this conversation, I just don't feel their opinion is as valid. Does that matter to them? No. Does that matter? So is the their context? opinion wrong? It's not valid, but is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. Like, so then what are we even talking about? You were the one who got down my throat about how I felt about the people's opinions. Right, but I if didn't they're say still their opinion right. was wrong, and I didn't say they were right either because I don't agree with your opinion. I think your opinion is wrong. So then you think they're wrong. Fine, I think they're wrong, or however you want to put it. So but you they're, think they're entire my because we're not about to spend 20 minutes going back and forth on this. My point is you can have your opinion. Right. I don't agree with your opinion. I think your opinion is wrong. But that doesn't make because I think it's wrong, it doesn't make it less valid to you. That's it. I don't know how that answers the question, but so be it. We'll move on. And we can keep giving all our money to white people and their causes when they don't do anything for our causes. How many Ukrainian students sent money over here to help fund our HBCUs? I'd love to see that number. So in a completely different frame of thought. Um, actually, it kind of can go in relation to where we just were. Um, because in relationships, people are obviously not going to agree. That's part of what makes this podcast great. That's what makes life life. Um, people like each other. People like being around each other. But people don't always agree. So in that, we are living in a world where a bunch of people are giving relationship advice. A bunch of people have been taught and raised a certain way, which we'll get to in a minute. But the question really comes down to, is it better to be single or is it better to be in a bad relationship where maybe you don't feel validated, maybe you don't feel appreciated, but at least each night you have someone to lay next to, you have somebody to talk to consistently, you have someone that will occasionally take you out on dates, or is it better to be like, I don't want all the negative drama, I don't want like the fact that you constantly cheat or berate me, which do you feel is better? I think it's better to be single. Why be in a relationship, especially nowadays, it's just, why deal with it? Because bad relationships are draining, they're draining on your mental, they're draining just all the way around. There's no reason to be in a bad relationship. Not any legitimate reason outside of, oh, I just don't want to be alone. No, that's not a thing. Like, why do you just not want to be alone? There's so many things wrong with just staying in a bad relationship because the relationship is, you're in one. 
so that you can post on Instagram. Oh, he took me on a date. But when we get home, I hate him or he hates me. The, the flex, it's, it's not that serious. It's so much better to just work on yourself and to work on your mental so that you can be in a relationship that's good, that's positive, that, you know, you you and the person share the same values. They, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about staying single so that you find this amazing relationship because everybody has this soulmate out there that's just waiting to find it. I'm not saying that. We're talking about when you are single and you are single for potentially years at a time. Is that better than being in a bad relationship? Yes. Why? Not because of what could be. Why is staying single? Why is the relationship bad? What constitutes the, a bad That's relationship? That's up to in anyone's interpretation. But the you believe the relationship you're in is a bad relationship. You've been in bad relationships. I have. Whatever those situations were. Mm-hmm. Pick one. Or you can be single. And you spend holidays alone and yes you talked about instagram and the flex well guess what when you're single you don't get the flex yes you do what what i know mad people who are single and know the relationship aspect of their life sucks but they their lives are still so what's the what's the valentine's day flex for the single person there is no valentine's day that's what i'm joking about but so you want to be in a relationship so that it looks good on valentine's day no, so, because you for, get to show what actually happened, which could have been good. Just because you're in a bad relationship, which we've both been in, doesn't mean it's always bad. And I'm not saying that it's always bad. So there are good points. It, if we're calling it a bad relationship, the bad obviously outweighs the good. Yes. If you're calling the whole relationship bad. Yes. So no, I don't think it's in any way, shape, or form great to stay in a bad relationship just so that it looks good for other people on the outside. You're not getting what you need. It's not about the people on the outside. I'm saying Valentine's Day was still Valentine's Day. You got to show people what you experienced. Valentine's Day could have been a great day. Now, the rest of Or it could have been an awful day because your crappy relationship partner decided, "Mm, I'm going to go and spend today doing something else. Very well. Our relationship sucks anyway. Why should I put any effort in on Valentine's Day? Like, just because it's one holiday like or one occasion that you feel like, oh, this makes being in a crappy relationship worth it. I'm not just going to stay in a relationship for that holiday or for whatever looks good on the outside. But on the inside, I'm hurting because my relationship is bad. But you the all- reasons why you stay in a relationship is because communication is great, that or because the true. sex is great, or because there's something about you that makes me want to stay with you, and because I love you, or whatever the reason might be. But if all of those things are, you know, whatever. So if one of those things exists and the other three don't, it's still a bad relationship, right? You can have I great sex. I just asked you, what are we constituting as a bad relationship? I'm saying it said could be anything. So, so you're I'm saying you, absolute worst case. I'm abused. He cheats. I don't get anything anytime. Okay, yes. And and if that's the only understanding of bad relationship you have, no, then that's not. fine. But there's a bunch of people in quote unquote bad relationships where it could be phys- physically abusive. It could be the person is bad with finances, but they could be a heck of a romantic. They could 
try to give the woman the world, but they talk to her all so, kinds of so crazy. Then, My point is it could be a bunch of different examples so of what the, a bad relationship right, is. It's different you. for everyone. And but I, there are instances in most bad relationships. I'm not talking about extreme abusive relationships, which is completely different. In a bad relationship, there are usually good things. Yeah. So would you rather be in a relationship where you have some good things and some bad, probably more bad than if good. If you're calling it a bad relationship, obviously the bad thing. That's literally what I just said. With, but no, I just said there's some good and there's more bad. Mm -hmm. And then you followed exactly what I just said because I guess you are no longer listening and gave Sorry. an example of exactly I the same literally, thing. Literally, before we started going back and forth, I asked you what constitutes as a bad relationship. And you said it could be a myriad of things. It could. And I said, so the relationship, obviously, if we're calling it a bad relationship, mm -hmm. the bad parts of the relationship outweigh the good parts of the relationship. Correct. We're in agreement. And so I was talking about the things that could make a relationship good. And then you interjected. No, I, no, I was speaking about a Valentine's Day flex. You said, or oh, your Valentine's Day could be awful. Right. Your so you changed the narrative of what I was trying to frame. Because you wanted it to fit your narrative. No, I'm not saying it just to fit my narrative, but you're you specifically pointed out Valentine's Day. And you're specifically I didn't even get to elaborate because you interrupted me. You're specifically pointing out things that look good. I pointed on the one and then you interrupted me and did not allow me to finish and still have it. So go ahead. So my point is they could send you flowers to your job, they could send you chocolates randomly, they could have great sex. They could have a lot of money. You guys take a lot of trips. There are aspects that could exist in this relationship that are really good. We've agreed on that already. Correct. So, so would you rather have that, but also have the bad? And the bad can be whatever you want it to be. The bad can outweigh the good. But it ain't like, we never go nowhere. He never touches me. He never buys me anything. And all he does is complain. And he has no job. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about, there's a bunch of good, but there's more bad. Would you rather have that situation or look, accelerate all your holidays, potentially by yourself, never have anybody to lay with at night, never have anybody to put a jacket on you when you're cold, never have any man or woman to take you to the movies or go out on a date night? Which one would you want to have? I'd rather be single then. Okay. And, and singleness, that doesn't mean you're not dating people. And singleness, it doesn't mean you don't have a social life. And singleness, it doesn't mean you have to spend holidays and things alone. Most people have family. For people who don't have family and all of that, a lot of times they build up a friend group in which they can spend those special times with. You got on me and you felt all sorts of ways about Valentine's Day. I think it's corny. You do or whatever. But for people who are single and they still want to celebrate the holiday, they can celebrate the holiday in whatever way they want to. I don't think that staying in a relationship that has some some good things about it is worth it when the majority of the relationship is bad. Whatever you want to say is bad about the relationship versus whatever you want to say is good about the relationship. If the bad outweighs the good, you would and we're constituting as we're constituting that as a bad relationship, I'd rather be single. Great. So I think that's. Unfortunate. Um, did I make a face when you did your whole little thing? 
You could have. <laughs> I didn't. And you can go back and watch the tape because you don't want to always making faces anytime I say something. It's not always. It's just sometimes because you be saying some stuff. That, but so what is the benefit of staying in the bad relationship? Companionship. I don't want to. We've talked to too many we've single talked, people. Are you, gonna let, are you going to let me answer the question or not? Thank answer you. the question. I will answer it when I want to answer the question. Well, we're time's ticking, baby. Well, then people will click off. <laughs> The point being, I we've talked to, I've talked to a number of people until they will say, stay in your relationship. It's not it out here. Dating a bunch of different people ain't it. Dating someone that probably has someone else ain't it. Not having a consistent person that you can rely on or count on isn't it. Even in bad relationships, typically you have somebody that you can text. You have someone that you can call. You have someone that you can spend holidays with. So you have. So another, because you're going on a tangent. You're advocating. I'm trying for, to explain the situation, but go ahead. Right, you're advocating for a bad relationship and staying in a bad relationship because of all the things. Because it's that better it, than being alone. It's not better than being in your alone. opinion. You asked people. me, and oh, I gave you my answer. It, okay, you got it. That's your answer. Apparently, this is another one of those times where your opinion is a thing, and I think your opinion is wrong. And that's fine. The same way I think you're wrong about the last topic we talked about, where, again, we disagree on this. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. And if you want to grow old and lonely and have cats and be alone because you want to be single or you're waiting for this relationship that's going to be great and perfect, you can do that. But they're not. People aren't always waiting for a relationship to be great or perfect. They are. They're throwing away the relationship they have because they think there's a better one. So you're waiting for this better thing. So I'm going to end the current relationship I got. Could be with my kid's parent. Could be with whoever. Could be with someone I've spent eight years of my life with. I'm going to end it because it's bad. In hopes that I'm going to go out at this later stage in my life and find something better. That's what it comes down to. So you're going to stay in a bad relationship? Yes. And be miserable? I'm going to be miserable either way. I'd rather be miserable with someone than by myself. No, I'd rather be miserable by myself. I'm not trying to convince you of that. Yeah, I hear you. But, but, uh, but And so, one, most people now do feel that way, though. Which way? Being miserable by myself. Why? Which is why our suicide rates is probably through the roof. I mean, suicide rates are through the roof because people are screwed up in the head right now. Because they don't have anyone to talk to. So talk to God. Like, I don't even understand the conversation right now. Like, there are so many other options besides staying in a bad relationship. There's so many. So what are these plethora of options? I mean, not necessarily there's so many other options. But the other option. To be alone. Yep, is to be alone. Okay. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But I don't think most people, especially people with children in the economy that we live in, being single means you're shouldering everything financially also, which is a huge deal when people are putting gas on layaway. Like, there's a there's a world going on. Imagine people... And God forbid, I'm not even going to take it there, but there are traumatic events and times that people have. And it would be great that even if that person's not the best relationship, it would be great if you could have somebody that you could cry to. 
or talk to. Or you're in a relationship with someone and a bunch of stuff is going on in your life individually outside the relationship and you can't turn to that person and talk to them. That person isn't able to provide Which you is the comfort. exact same as being single. So I'd rather be able to deal with that by myself. You can still do with, deal with it by yourself. That is so stupid. That is so stupid. You gave an example. Absolutely not. Okay. Bruh. And again, I'm not going to convince you to want to be with someone. Yeah. You can be by yourself with your cats and stuff. I'm and saying... One, you Because you're painting a very specific picture of people alone. Yes. One, that's not always the case. So Let's just what, what are there. these single people doing? Because uh, These single people, they're going out and they're traveling. With single who? people live there. They, some people go by themselves. Some How many people and, you know doing that? I know mad people that travel by themselves. Who? This girl I know on um, Facebook, she literally just got back from Barbados. Had the time of her life. Another person I know, she's in Puerto Rico right now with African Nation or Afro Nation or whatever mm -hmm. that thing. I follow the page on Instagram. There are so many Black people in Puerto Rico this weekend. It's insane. And she's there by herself having the time of her life with people that look like her. You do not have to settle for a life that's less than because you are you don't want to be alone. Is and it better I, to be able to do the, some of these things in a relationship, in the confines of a relationship, so that it looks good on Instagram and it looks good for other people? I don't want to be in a relationship just because it Maybe looks it looks good. good for you. But if I don't feel good, it doesn't really look good. I'm looking through our pictures, and yeah, we took a cute pic, but I remember we were arguing really bad before this came we took this picture or i'm looking through my calendar and all these dates are coming up and we're not hanging out or we're not going anywhere because we're beefing right now because you don't want to go anywhere so you would rather just have those just times to yourself i much rather have those times to myself okay and that's fine i think that's silly you i don't agree with silly. it yeah. but if you that's what you and your your friend that's on their african trip want to do or whatever knock yourself out I would rather go with someone. And yes, we may have argued, but we also might have rode jet skis together. We also might have zip line together. Someone that actually intimately knows me. Yes, I would rather have that person than some random group of people from some organization. I would take the guy that I might have argued with, but we also might have made up. Versus just sleeping in the room by myself. So you or, don't want to be alone is what it sounds like. You just that's, don't want to be alone. That's usually you, the reason people are in relationships. You're in a relationship just to not be alone. And typically, so people are in relationships for people, companionship. Yes. Typically, people who jump from relationship to relationship. To I relationship didn't say jump from relationship. And I'm the, staying that, in the relationship. I just don't want to be alone. So I'd rather be in a relationship and it be an awful relationship, but I'm not alone. Typically, those people have other underlying problems. And so like, do the single people that can't keep, stay in a relationship. Because they're always single. Because there's a unique factor in all those situations. Them. So yes, everybody got problems. The people in relationships and the single people that nobody wants to commit to. So what are we talking about? Okay. Well, <laughs> thank God for the saving grace. But that is an interesting way to put it. I will... 
So this is perfect because you are, by all accounts, a modern woman. Yeah. And you've had strong opinions on the number of our topics. So, in your opinion, modern woman, is the modern woman conducive to advancing black culture? Well, Kevin Samuels, um, I'd like to if say only. uh no, in some ways, I don't think so. And in other ways, yeah. I think With, this is a relationship. Is it more bad than good? Which one? Overall, is the modern woman conducive to advancing? Yes, then. Wait, what was the question? Is the modern it's woman conducive to advancing black culture? culture? Yeah, she is. Because one, black culture moves forward with black women. It always has. Like, and we look in history and there are so many black women who've been pivotal to the impact of not just black culture, but culture period, who don't get credit for it. There are so many things that women- Modern women you're talking about? I'm just saying- Because this question is about modern women. Can I answer the question, how I'm going to answer it? I would like you to answer on topic. I am answering on topic. So I'm, 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 so trying, to, you... I'm trying to make sure the women you're referring to that aren't getting enough credit, are they modern women or are they traditional women? Mm -hmm. I'm asking. If I can continue my statement, you will hear the entire answer. Because it's yes or no, but go ahead. Finish your statement. Thank you. I think that modern women are no different from women of, you know, black women prior to. The biggest difference now is that black modern women now are refusing to settle for less than. You and, think, just so I'm clear, can you I said, I, I want to be clear. Can I finish my statement? Isn't you, that said you said to there's me? no difference other than they won't settle. I think the biggest difference between black women now and black women 50 years ago is black women now refuse to settle. We talk all the time. We hear it all the time about how grandma used to do this and grandma used to do that. And then when grandpa died, you met grandpa's other family. Black women now don't want to do that. I don't want to. They be... just want to give their kids to those same grandmas. Go ahead. You are so disrespectful sometimes. And it's really irritating because you're raising a young black woman. And it, you can have it both ways. We can teach a girl to take care of herself. We can teach a young woman how to survive and be able to thrive in this world that doesn't always work with her. And the and means you can also, in addition to, on top of, teach that young black woman that it's okay to be feminine. It's okay to Modern be- Modern women don't even know what femininity looks like. Bruh. And we've had this conversation. You got it? You good? We've had that conversation. So again, I was, I'm answering the question. You didn't even answer my first question, but continue. And you can teach it. You can teach women to be both. Are black women, modern black women moving the culture forward? Yes. But modern black men do not like how modern black women are moving the culture forward. That is the issue. So would that move the culture forward? I mean, the culture is going to move forward either way. Positively or negatively? I mean, 
there's going to be positive and negative that comes from any decision on a either net, side. Is there going to be a net positive or net negative? It's going to be net positive. So your statement is modern women are progressing in a way that modern men don't like. And you're saying that that's going to net a net positive for black culture. Not all black men feel like Kevin Sanders. You just said black men don't like it. You just generalized. I'm not, I'm not saying all black men don't like it though. That's what you. That was your initial I'm statement. I'm saying there. Well, then let then let me revise my statement. Please let do. Me rephrase myself. There are black men who don't like modern black women, mm -hmm. but there are black men who don't like black women. Period. You hear about it all the time. Mm -hmm. There are black men who are just fine with the way that black women operate. On every level. I know a lot of women who are single and I know a lot of women who are in relationships and the commonality and all of them is none of them are operating like the women from 50 years ago. None of them are operating like their grandmothers or the, I mean, even their moms. There is a level of balance between being traditional and being modern and people. A and lot where, of, and, and where a do lot, you see that? One, and people who are able to have successful relationships, people who are able to stay in these relationships, so even the, though there are parts of it that they might not agree on or they disagree on or but consider bad, they're staying in these relationships because they value their partner and what their partner brings to the table. But you also said you'd rather be single than be in a bad relationship. So which one is it? I Don't, go ahead. Just now I said there might be parts of the relationship that are bad, but they value their partner. They value what their partner brings to the table. So I'm not saying that it's a bad relationship. There are plenty of things that we disagree on, but I would by far not, I would say, would not say that we have a bad relationship. I would say there are building points that we could work on, but to say overall our relationship is bad, absolutely not. There are plenty of women in relationships where they might not agree with their partner on certain things. But overall, they're making the things that they do agree on work for them, that it's our positive or whatever you want to call it. Every time a Black person is able to advance in a career or in a form that we weren't able to before, that is positive movement for the Black culture. Even if it means the kids are being raised by somebody else. That's the a question. Not just being raised by somebody else. If though. the mom is outside of the home and the dad is outside of the home, so and relying, they're getting an advancing in their career, right? So relying on childcare is now a bad thing because most white people they also rely on childcare. So the term soccer mom comes from what? Jesus Christ, bruh. Answer the There's question. There's nothing wrong with a woman working outside of the home. So once again, you don't answer my questions. I, I don't know where the term soccer mom comes from. Who does from. it typically associate with? It looks like white America. No, it doesn't look like, it does look like white America. So don't tell me that, yes, white people do have nannies. Yes, white people do have kids in Miniland and other things. But if a woman is advancing in her career and the man is also advancing in her career, there's very little opportunity for them to also be home when their kids get off the bus. So my question was a valid question. If they're both advancing financially, career-wise, professionally, 
is that a benefit that the kids are now not being raised by them. They're being raised by a daycare or they're being raised by a babysitter who, who knows what they're letting them watch. They're being raised by somebody that could be abusing them or not changing their diaper because we've seen tons of stories of how kids are treated in childcare. So, again, so is I it don't better? think there is anything wrong with a kid going to daycare. I went to daycare. I know a lot of people that went to daycare. And at the end of the day, what you do to make sure that your family is provided for and taken care of is how you do it in your home. I'm saying that there are a lot of options that people can figure out how everyone can be equitable in a relationship. This idea that if Black women continue to strive for more and continue to try to better themselves, it's going to set the Black culture back is completely asinine. In your opinion. It's not just my opinion. Look at the statistics. So it's wrong for Black women to be educated. Look at it's wrong for black women to be educated at the expense of is their. It wrong are you gonna let me finish or no, not? It's, it, so, I'm not okay, not you're not gonna let me finish. So, now you're not gonna let me finish. What is it? What did you just say? It's a yes or no question. I don't care about the statistics. What do you feel? I was answering the question, but you wouldn't let me answer the question. Statistics then I asked, say, then I asked to answer the question. You said no, because typically, as usual, you want to shout me down to get your point across I'm instead of having sure. a conversation. I am having a You're not having a conversation because every time I try to answer the question, you try and tell me why I can't answer. So I can't be passionate? So because when I when I ask, you? can I answer? And your immediate reaction is no, because you're no longer listening to what I'm saying. Yes, that's a problem. Okay, Ray. So that's not so that's okay. No, it's not okay. So, so my point was at the expense. Of her home? No, I don't think she should be going getting an education. So then if the woman is in a position where her career is advancing faster than a man and she's making more money, why wouldn't he stay home? He could. So then what's the problem? Because black men don't want to do that. Or there are a lot of men in general that don't want to do that. Are you kidding me? Just because you would be fine with being a stay-at-home dad or what, whatever. What? How long, how long have men been put down for being at home? We watched the whole Insecure where Lawrence was staying at home because and they killed him for working. it. You he just was, said... He wasn't taking care of anything. He was taking care of the house. Who was he taking care of? She came home from an episode and the house looked the same way it did when she left. Like, there is... So nothing. if a dad is home with the kids all day, he's just not doing nothing. I didn't say he's not doing anything. I know what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom. I know people. So you mean to tell me modern women by and large are going to be happy with taking care of a man? He's going to be the one at home? Don't lie. Don't lie on to these people. You know daggone well she's going to be killing that man in her little group chat. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I paid for this vacation. Yeah, I did this for him. All he do is stay home and do da 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 Please don't act like women are going to champion a man staying at home raising a family because she make more money. Bro, your insecurities are showing right now. Like, You're illogical. I'm not illogical. What woman? I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Please explain to me this groundswell of women that are advocating for, I make more money than my man, so he should be able to stay home. You done? T- show, talk to me. Where are they at? So, well, I think it was last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Tabitha Brown. Oh, and I was thinking about the same person. Perfect. Go ahead. Let's talk about how she was received and what she did. 
So she talked about how her husband made a lot of sacrifices for her mm -hmm. so that she could pursue her career. Mm -hmm. And now that she had made it to a place where she could financially provide, she let him helped him retire from, I think he was a police officer. He was. Um, in LA of also kudos to her again for that. She let him retire. She helped him retire. And so that he could pursue his dreams of doing things, I think with kids, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and I remember on, I looked at the comments and I remember reading some of the comments from women and they were just like, that's not cool. But I do remember seeing on TV, I remember reading several articles. I remember a lot of different opinions other than it's not cool to just let him follow his dreams. There are a lot of women, even that we know, who are making more money than their men, whether it was before or currently. And they would like for their men to pursue things that of are of interest to them. I don't that make know, no money. I don't know a woman now who was in a relationship, been in a relationship that if her spouse came to her and said, babe, I want to do something else, but you might have to bear the brunt of the finances until it gets to wherever we're going to be, who wouldn't say, okay, well then we need to figure it out how it works, what it looks like or whatever. So that that works for us. Even in our relationship, I would love to be able to get to a point where you could. If you don't want to work for your job anymore, you have other options because my businesses are bringing in a, enough money to cover everything and still do everything we want to do. I don't think anyone who's in a relationship doesn't think of those sorts of things for their partners. Well, I'm not going to say I don't think anyone. There are obviously people with different dynamics. But a lot of people, a lot of women are not these selfish creatures who feel like men need to work themselves into the ground for the benefit of their family. You can feel however you want to feel and you can look at the situation however you want to look at it. A real situation. You got it, bro. But you got it. Go ahead. You know, just jump on in there. Right. Like, and that's the, the issue when we have these conversations is just the the borderline delusion. It's that, not delusion. How many? Are you going to let me? I'll let you talk. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. It is borderline delusional. And yeah, you said, oh, I saw some comments that were positive. Yeah, I also know that she had to come out and have like a follow up statement. Explaining why she did what she did. She said it to Wendy Williams, the roach of all people. But so okay. you gonna let me finish? I'm just saying who the statement was directed to, because it wasn't directed at just a bunch of randoms. It was directed at Wendy Williams, who was real nasty about what she said. So if you're going to counter my, so point, you think the only person that gave her negative feedback was Wendy Williams? I'm saying who she was directly addressing her comment to. And was the comment her video her response? Was, was it yes. directly okay? It, it was, was directly, directly at Wendy Williams. At Wendy Williams. And my point is, yes, it was directly at Wendy Williams. But if Wendy Williams was the only person 
that had something negative to say, Tabitha Brown doesn't come off to me as someone that would have cared that much. She used Wendy Williams' name because Wendy Williams is important. Oh, so and when, thank you for Wendy Williams. I'm not thinking. I mean, Wendy for Williams. Tabitha Brown. The same thing you're doing. I'm not, but I know who the statement was directed at. So I'm not going to assume that it was. So are you going to ever else. let me finish my point without interrupting me? Mm -hmm. I'll start now. Thank you. We're an hour in, and I haven't been able to get a clear thought out this entire show other true. than when we first opened about a topic that you didn't even know I was talking about. That is not true, but okay. Continue. So my point is, I believe, because we've talked this whole episode about opinions, my belief is that, yes, she used Wendy Williams' name. But I also believe that her point was to a broader audience to say, I'm happy with the decision I did. And I'm very grateful for having this ability and opportunity to do this for my husband. Shout out to Tabitha Brown. Love her for that. But this idea that more women think like Tabitha than they do like Wendy, to me, is a joke. And this idea that more women are working as hard as they are to get all these degrees and get all these promotions so that their man can sit at home is a lie. It is not happening. And would it be, oh, perfect. I would love in a perfect world where all my businesses are just so great and you can stay home. Sure. Sounds great. So you're being condescending now. Sounds great. Okay. But the reality of what that looks like is very different. It's very different. And men have been in that role for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, no. To my initial point, if black women advancing in their careers means black children are being raised outside of the home majority of the time, which is what we've been seeing really since the crack epidemic, I don't think it's in black culture's best interest. I think there is a middle ground that could be found and that the grandmothers that you pooped on earlier that had other families, yes, I think men could do a better job of not starting other families. But do I think the black family dynamic was better than? A hundred percent. Most black modern family dynamics that I see for people our age are not great. And I don't think it's conducive to raising children in. I don't believe modern black women know how to teach modern black women children how to be wives and feminine. I think they're taught how to be independent women. I think they're taught how to be boss bees. I think they're taught how to twerk and percolate and everything else. I don't think they're taught how to cater to a man. I don't think they're taught how to talk to a man. And if this is an indication, I wouldn't want our daughter talking to her husband that way, even on a public platform. Now, yes, a lot of this is in part for entertainment, but generally speaking, I don't like the way I see black women talk to black men, especially their significant others. And that's what they're taught. That's what they're shown. And that I don't think is beneficial to our culture. I don't want some man having to tell my daughter, let me speak. I don't want that. But that's what she's going to learn. That's what's going to be broadcast, whether it be the Tyler Perry's of the world or any other black TV show. I don't want her twerking on TikTok at 13. But that's a bunch of what I see. 
that are these kids are being raised by these modern people because most homes and although the numbers are getting better are still pretty trash in relation to what they were before this movement. So my yes or no answer is no, I don't think they're best for our culture. I don't think they're progressing our culture in a way that's great for the culture. Might it be great for them? Sure. They can take more trips. They can travel. But are they raising families? Not as much. Now I'm done. Being Kevin Samuels mouthpiece. I and so now you're being condescending because that I can't am. that can't be my own opinion. Okay, just uh, just so I we're am. clear, you threw that condescending phrase out, and then you did the exact same thing. Yep. So okay. I did. Perfect. One because I just think it's really interesting how it's it's falling on black women for the culture to advance and be and have this look and have this aesthetic and be a certain way but at the same time there's no compromise or you're not talking about any compromise of the modern black man to make for a woman to be all of those things you and on one hand if she doesn't have a job if she doesn't do a certain you know if she's not at a certain level then that puts her down here. So that puts her at the bottom of the, you know, the feet, the totem pole, as far as what wife material looks like. Where did you but, get that from? Mm, let me finish because- I'm asking a question. I'm just going to continue my statement. So, because we, we listen to things, we hear things. If a woman doesn't have a certain, uh, you know, if she doesn't have a certain level of education, if she doesn't present herself a certain way, if she doesn't take off all these little things on the list, then she's viewed a certain way. And so she's not wife material. But then- Said no man ever. Go ahead. That is such a lie. But okay, because you're not over-talking me. I didn't over-talk you. are not interrupting me, but you've been also- You've been interrupting me the whole show. You've been interrupting me the whole show. And when you go back and edit and you look at it, you'll see what I'm talking about. But that's neither here nor there right now. If women don't hit a certain list of all these things, then they're not wife material. If they don't do a certain thing, then they're not wife material. But at the same time, if she's overeducated, if she's got, she makes too much money, if she's this, she's that, and third, and she's a, all this in a bag of chips, then she still can't get a man because she's overqualified and she's put herself in a position where most men don't meet her qualifications. So then she's still not good enough to get married. So you have to fit in this bubble of what men find acceptable to be a wife, to be a mother, to be nurturing, to be feminine, to be strong, but not too strong because you can't threaten the strength of a man. You have to speak a certain way or you're threatening the strength of the ego of the, or the feel of a man. If you're not feminine enough, then you're too manly to be in a relationship. If you take too much good care of yourself, if you're too independent, you can't find a man. What is the middle ground? Are you asking? I can't or have, a, I can't a have an education that's if I've got two master's degrees versus your bachelor degree, and I my job so requires more. Okay. My job requires more, you know, more hours than yours. Then I'm unsuitable to be a mother because. I might spend more time out of the home than what the husband does. There are plenty of people who make relationships work 
with different dynamics. But the fact that a black woman, black women across the country have to bear the brunt and belittle themselves and make themselves smaller to fit in the confines of whatever it is that's supposed to be appropriate for a wife and a mother today is asinine. If we're both doing good, we can figure something out. But what you're saying, what people like Kevin Samuels and there was another guy I saw after um, we watched that Kevin Samuels interview. Um, dang, I wish I could remember his name. Um, what you guys are saying that it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Because you don't listen. Okay, I don't listen. You don't. But it, do, it doesn't make sense. And to think that we can't have a conversation about how we want things to work that benefits both of us. Like that doesn't make sense in any relationship. It's all give and take. You give some, I give some. We give more, you give less. Okay. It's biblically sound. Okay. Again, you don't have to agree with the Bible. Okay. But it is what it is. And you ask, so women have to do this, that, and other? Well, if you want a man to propose to you, maybe you should do what the man wants. Mm -hmm. Or you can stay single. And you can have this attitude and this demeanor that when a man tells you what they're looking for, you reject it and tell them what they should want. Which is why we are where we are. Because men, for the longest time, just shut up and let women figure it out and it failed and now more men are finally like we're sick of being beaten on we're sick of being talked bad about we're sick of being ridiculed we're sick of being second rate you look at mother's day and father's day two completely different holidays you would think you look at valentine's day which is supposed to be a celebration of one another but it ain't it's a woman's holiday you look at pregnancy which is supposed to be a thing that both couples share but the only person that gets any kind of credit or any kind of semblance of respect in that is the woman. We had a conversation about a push gift, which is about the pregnancy. And more than one person, one person specific, but many people were offended at the idea that a man would get a push gift. Even though he sleeps on the trash bed, even though he's helping push, hold the leg, coaching you through it. But he shouldn't get nothing. But that's okay. But you say, give a little, give a little. No. Men give have been giving way more. And finally, we're saying, if y'all don't want to give us what that, we'll go get it somewhere else. And then when women get mad when the man cheats or when the man's not respectful, but y'all ain't been respectful. And then you say, well, what does a man want? And then the man tell you what he want. And then you say, well, you shouldn't want that. You should want this. You should be able to compromise. Well, I don't want to compromise. I want this. This is the car I want. This is the house I want. This is the life I want. I don't want to compromise. And if I'm spending my, the rest of my life with someone and I'm supposed to die for that person, I don't want to, I don't want to compromise. We talked about on the marriage conversation the other night. And the dude said, we got to get crucified. That's what being Christ is like. The women don't got to do that. 
So no, it's not this equal give and take. The standard, the responsibility ain't equal. But we live in a world where equality is such a big thing until it's inconvenient. And I'm not going to get into Leah Thomas and all that, but everybody want equality until it's not beneficial. So when y'all ask, what do men want? How do I make a man happy? Maybe you should listen to the man, not shout him down when he says something that you don't agree with. We have other topics, but we're probably past the time, and I don't know. We can pick it up later because it actually kind of coincides with this. So looks like we're kind of over time. For those of you who stayed with us, thank you. We definitely, definitely, definitely would love to hear comments. And if it's a bunch of women, I can live with it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be wrong. If it's men, please speak up. Don't feel scared to speak up even in today's society. I know how hard it can be for us. Um, but again, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. A uh, little different from our normal episodes. A little, uh, we're not getting divorced, so please don't overreact. It's not that serious. <laughs> um, we just disagree, and it happens. And I think it's healthy to have discussions. And I wish people had these kind of discussions more in public because I think it would help other people have other discussions. So hopefully you can take something from this conversation to your spouse and y'all can talk about it. Maybe in a more quiet way. Maybe you should have a conversation in public. We learned that. Um, if it's a hot topic, have a conversation in public. So hopefully no one blows up. So that's a nugget for you guys uh, for tuning in to the end. What is that? Nothing. Oh. Um, but yeah, always like, share, and subscribe. Uh, social media is down the bottom. We need to update that. Um, Because, again, we are on Snapchat and TikTok now. Um, In life, things happen. You have the power to choose what you do. Always choose wisely, modern women and modern men included. Um, But if you have to, always choose you. And, again, if we've been a blessing to you guys, please continue to bless us. We are having a great time. Let Help us get to 100, and you guys have a great evening.